Good morning, I'm Lauren Anders Brown, an independent documentary filmmaker. Being behind the camera in over 40 countries has resulted in hours, days, terabytes of footage. So much of what happens to make a shoot possible ends up on the metaphorical cutting room floor. Most of my editing used to take place in planes, trains, or whatever available coffee shop had a decent filter, single origin coffee, and always using the hashtag today's office. Now, I'm picking up the scraps, reviewing old interviews, making some new ones, and scrolling through my social media to give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it is like to travel, produce, film, direct, record, alone, as my own correspondent. So season two is wrapped up now, and before season three begins, I've chosen to record this episode live during the most important day from where I am currently based on the tiny island in the Atlantic of Bermuda. When I was quite literally marooned on this island just over two years ago, my partner, my dog, and I were forced out of the hotel we had come to know for four months because of an unfamiliar holiday that went by the one word, cup match. We ended up moving to the very end of the island called Somerset to stay in a house and while we didn't know it at the time, we'd end up falling in love with the center of the island and staying here a bit longer than expected. As in, that is currently where I am while I'm recording this. On this tiny island of 21 miles, the divide of support for the cricket clubs of St. George's and Somerset outweighs even some of the fiercest religious divides I've witnessed around the world, which also includes the Yankees and the Red Sox and Liverpool and Manchester United. It's either red and blue or blue and blue. There's no in between. St. George's, the opposite east end of the island, wears light blue and dark blue colors, while Somerset, the west end, and I would argue the best end, wears red and blue. Leading up to cup match, which is always the very last Thursday and Friday in July, the supporting colors are literally everywhere. Flags from cars, some lawns overly decorated as if Christmas is a warm-up act to cup match. And a charity sells ribbons with the colors of your favorite teams as one of the biggest fundraisers of the year. Yes, selling ribbons on an island of only 60,000 people can make a profit when all those people are energized to show their colors. The red and blue colors of Somerset were adopted when both cricket clubs were officially formed at the first cup match in 1902. St. George's team had actually been organized since 1892 with their chosen colors of light and navy blue. This annual cricket match ends with one team taking the trophy until it can be challenged the following year and alternates its location every year. But why cricket? So I'm just walking to the Somerset Cricket Club and passing some oleander trees, which were some of the actual first makeshift cricket bats here in Bermuda. Cricket was introduced by British soldiers stationed at opposite ends of the island. Now, as you will see once I bring you into the stadium, I don't fully understand the game of cricket myself, um, but I'm not walking in this sticky humidity heat to watch a sport I can't follow because cup match is actually so much more than just cricket. There's nothing like it in the world, not in the Caribbean nor the country where it originated in England, where the also greater meaning of the day originated as well but for less colorful reasons. The first day of cup match is actually celebrated as Emancipation Day, which many of the former and current British territories celebrate on August 1st, 
after the day in which the Slavery Abolition Act passed throughout the British Empire. The second day, Friday, today, is Mary Prince Day, named after a woman who wrote and published her own first-hand account of living under slavery in Bermuda, where she was born, and other islands in the Caribbean, before landing in England, where she was considered a free woman, but lived without her husband, who was a free man in the Caribbean. At the time before emancipation, if she returned, she would go from being a free woman in England back to being property of someone and a slave. I find it remarkable that the very country that declared emancipation, England, one that I also call home, does not formally observe this holiday. When I wanted to see what others did to celebrate Emancipation Day, most hold carnival-like parades on the 1st of August. But they're all in the Caribbean. Canada does observe it as well as a bank holiday or a government holiday. But the United Kingdom, though, does not. And doing a search online produced that there was once a government petition on the UK's website to make it a holiday, but it only received 209 signatures. Ignoring the observance of this day is almost like ignoring the atrocities that happened to Mary Prince, amongst others, and doesn't allow for conversation about the fact that human rights were once violated, and actually are still being violated to this day, but are just seen as racial discrimination. So, with that symbolic and sobering perspective, I'm now going to take you into the chaos that is Cup Match. You okay? You need to... No? I'm okay. Alright. <laughs> Thanks. So, I've just walked into Cup Match. There's about three layers of scaffolding. Um, that has been put up with pipe and plywood, which kind of reminds me of um, the stands at Carnival uh, in Haiti when I went to go visit. Um, There's lots of different food vendors. Seems like all the restaurants that um, we met in, that are in town are here as well. I've seen this many people all in one place since COVID, or maybe since India. I'm not really sure. Um, but I'm making my way to the public seating. Uh, and so this is my first official cricket match in person. There's a beware of the dog sign. Great, love it. Wish my dog was here. have tons of food stuff and fans and chairs. I mean, so this way to the public seating. Looks like it's kind of just squished under some of the bleachers. I'm going to keep walking around. So I don't know much about cricket, but I, I'm standing kind of with a somewhat profile view of the wickets. But it's amazing, there's obviously a lot of individually purchased sections that people have decorated. 
made into like, I don't know, makeshift home for two days. someone wearing ribbons like that and the pitcher or the bowler runs from the wicket got hit um, and so that that batter's now out he's exiting the field but clearly I didn't even have to say anything because the excitement and the energy expressed it for itself there's a real feeling of sportsmanship and camaraderie and solidarity I would say that's really interesting even though are two teams that are fiercely divided. Uh, so that was the premier Bermuda that just walked by me in the public stands. It really is a testament to how much this, these two days create a sense of equality between people. So just decide to go for a walk around what's called the crown and anchor tables. Take a break from misunderstanding cricket. And essentially, it's a gambling tent and event that I really don't understand as well. But it looks like you don't have to. Although you probably do want to if you're spending money on it. So there's one table. It looks like they're using some really big washer coins. And there's different card symbols on the table. And people are placing bets using cash under the, the large washers. They're about the size of the inner part of a palm, so they're quite big. And there's no chairs, so you can't do too much damage. I've seen my first t-shirt that said Emancipated 1834 on it. It was pretty cool. That's the whole point of having these two days off, to remember that. I love your hair! I just passed a woman um, who kind of did like a um, Marjorie Simpson style beehive look on top of her head with red and blue layers to it. It was definitely the look of the day. It's no surprise that sport brings people together. It's something I've documented in the past in football around the world, but cup match is something quite unique and special. In such a small island, everyone knows everyone, and that can build a wonderful close community. But it can also breed contempt. Bermuda is not immune to the divisions we are witnessing around the world between governments and their people, but for two days, it is beautiful to see how all of that can be put aside and we can remember what it is to enjoy each other's company and the freedom that we all deserve, no matter the color of our skin or the colors of our cricket teams. Since this is an in-between episode, 
I'm going to encourage you to subscribe to my other podcast, which has just recently launched called Forged. It takes a look at the human right to identity and documentation and the ways we can address this using technology. The first episode is available wherever you get your podcasts and also on my YouTube transcription. And that's all for this month. Back next month with more from my own correspondent. Do join me.